Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Happy birthday to you. All right, sing it, boy. It's Wes and Walker. Oh, I like that. Okay. Do that again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Happy birthday to you. Is that all right? Mm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Me and Stevie. Like this. hour here on the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ still coming off of our high of college football this weekend it has been glorious we have been buzzing we've been in such a great mood we were tired all of us were tired walking into the studio but also still jacked ready to talk more about some college football I want to welcome more people to the party not only the listeners but I want to go to the Body Works Plus guest hotline and welcome Hunter Bailey from the Charlotte Observer now joining us to talk about Charlotte's win over South Carolina State, 24 to 3. Hunter, I want to lead this off by asking you if the observer allowed you to wear a cutoff in the press box watching this game on Saturday. No, sir. No cutoff there. Uh, a little a little bit more professional on my part. Yeah. I guess you'd call that more professional. <laughs> I mean, we see what Biff's doing. He, he's kind of captivating people, so, so maybe it is a possibility in the future. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah, I was not professional. I did have the cutoff, although your arms would look a lot better in a cutoff than mine. But again, Fitty didn't call me Walker Noodle Arms Mail for nothing. It's Hunter Bailey joining us here on the Wesson Walker Show. I want to ask you another question that we got to in our college football quick hit seg- uh, seg- segment. Excuse me. So if we're looking at Charlotte and we're looking at this victory, Hunter, are you more concerned with the offense or are you more impressed with the defense? I think I'm impressed with the defense. Uh, it could be a little of both, right? They haven't held a team out of the end zone nearly ever in the program. The last time they held a team without a touchdown was 2017. Uh, they held them to 100, just 168 yards, which is eighth in the nation. And if you're talking about talking about a Charlotte defense being in the top 10 of something, <laughs> Uh, versus what we've watched the past few years, you're, you're really excited. I think there are some concerns for the offense, especially the passing game. If you get behind the chains, you really don't have, I think, really that guy that they had, like Grant Bowes and Elijah Spencer, Victor Tucker, a guy like that, that they've had for so many years. I think that's concerning. But when you watch someone like Darrell Robinson on the offense, it kind of gives you hope that they'll figure it out as the season goes. Yeah, when you mentioned Darrell Robinson, Hunter, could we be seeing the next great running back? Because even with a short existence with this football program, the running back history is there. We can go back to some of the talented guys they've had in the backfield. Is Darrell Robinson next on that list? I think so. And I think the longer that they can keep him in green and gold, the better. I mean, he was originally committed to Boston College. Made that flip, committed to Charlotte on ESPN during the Under Armour All America game, and he's—I mean, dude—he just lights up a room. Like when he does media, when he does pressers, it's some of the some of the new Charlotte faces. They're they're more business. It's a little bit more, I guess, uh, like quiet. People don't have as much to say versus the old regime, but 
I'm telling you, when Darrell comes in, he just lights up the room, and he's definitely one of my favorite uh, players on this team to talk to for the media for sure. Hunter Bailey joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You can follow him on Twitter or X, whichever you prefer, at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. And when you looked at this performance, what did you think about Jalen Jones, the fact he throws two interceptions against South Carolina State with Maryland on the horizon? I don't think it's a great start if your your fourth or fifth year quarterback has a 28.2 QBR against FCS school. Knowing you're headed to a power five defense on the road at College Park, I don't think that's your best start. What I'm hoping and what I think a lot of the Charlotte 49ers fans are hoping is that the playbook was relatively vanilla on Saturday against South Carolina State. And there's going to be some more wrinkles in the offense to get him some design rollouts, some bootlegs, to get him using his legs, which is what he does best. And then there's also some optimism because wide receiver Jaden Bradley is going to make his debut this Saturday. And that's presumably the number one receiver, which is going to put Jack Estera back in the slot where he fits naturally. And hopefully that will give the 49ers offense uh, some more opportunities to kind of spread the field and see what they have in the passing game. So, Hunter, too, I know you talked about how in the spring things were kept pretty close to the vest by Poji and their staff, so you didn't get to see a ton. Was there any surprises for you as you watched them on Saturday, pleasant ones to be exact? One of the things that changed was when fall camp began, we got to get out there and kind of see a few of the practices. They were open. We were able to watch, obviously, no video, anything like that. And they asked you to kind of keep formations, things like that to themselves. But one of the true freshmen that I saw was Cameron Howard. And every time I would go to practice, he was recording an interception, whether it be on Jalen Jones, Dom Schaffner, one of the scout quarterbacks. He was always making plays. And to see him kind of get, get that first interception, like he played just seven snaps Saturday night, one of them being his first collegiate interception. And Darrell Robinson talked about it. They're, they're college roommates, and that was their dream for game one. Darrell to score a touchdown, Cameron just get an interception, and then for them to win the game convincingly. And when you, when you, when you look at his performance, there's a lot to like for that kid. And something even funnier to me, and I think it's, I think it's awesome, is after football, he wants to be an FBI agent. He's studying, studying criminal justice right now, and I just think that's that's one of the coolest things. Um, Hunter, you did have a couple of points as to why Charlotte football was going to be experiencing an exciting week this week. Mining for Greatness, the docuseries, it starts Thursday night at 7 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus, So that's going to be exciting. And Hunter, it did feel a little different. I was looking over at the press box, and there were a lot more cameras on the rooftop than there usually were. It seems like now it's funny to see the cameras following around Biff and the Charlotte team like the paparazzi. Have you had any weird or just interesting experiences covering the team as close as you do just the effect that this docuseries filming is having on the squad they they said for the most part it's not affecting them i think it's it's interesting right i spoke with mickey holden uh, one of the producers for the show actually this morning and he said this is this is charlotte's version of hard knocks like there's not a room that they can't go in and can't record it all this is pre-approved this is a full all-access look at the team and i think i think that's great for the program right i mean if you've been watching hard knocks uh on the on the new york jets you've seen it's a, it's like hard not to kind of fall in love with what they're doing and, and root for the jets so when you're watching something like this on a program so young just starting its 11th season 
one of the questions I asked Mickey was, what do you want a, a fan who doesn't know anything about Charlotte football? Like, why are they going to watch this show? And that's what he talked about was the authenticity of this, the authenticity of this the program and how hard it is to win in college football. And I think that kind of, Getting a glimpse behind the curtain is going to be really cool for the university. That is the voice of Hunter Bailey. He covers the Charlotte 49ers extensively. You can follow him on Twitter at Hunter underscore Bailey 45. And he's going to be making that trip to College Park this weekend. Going to be a lot of fun to follow him and to see what this 49ers team can do against a Power 5 opponent in the Biff Pogey era. Hunter, we appreciate the time as always, man. Have a safe uh, trip up to College Park. Thanks, guys. Thanks, appreciate you having me. Always fun to figure out what the Charlotte football team is going to do. We big one to, this week. Yeah, man. It's big. So, yeah, I'm with you, Wes. We talked about it a little bit. You expected a bigger margin of victory for Charlotte. I did, too. It took their offense a while to get going. Jalen Jones. Well, one, I, they just weren't throwing the football in the second half. And I get it. I get it. They have a lead over an FCS opponent. Their defense was playing lights out. You only allow three points. South Carolina State couldn't really get the ball moving. There were a couple of chunk plays, but that was about it. I mean, you had some great plays from a lot of different players, whether it was up front. They're edge rushers. They're very deep on the edge, which is fantastic. So really excited about what their defense can prove going forward. I think Jalen Jones is going to settle down. Welcoming Bradley, their top wideout, I think that's going to help. I'm also hoping that they were showing a vanilla offense against South Carolina State so they didn't reveal too much against Maryland. There's reason for hope for the offense. I just don't have the red zone turnovers. That's what I need from Jalen Jones. Threw some pretty balls downfield. Uh, accuracy, there were a couple that were good throws that could he could spin it, but other than that, certainly not as consistent as you would want to see. That defense is loaded, though, Wes. Like, this is going to be their calling card. And you also forget, too, that this is a homecoming of sorts for Biff because That's right. uh, he coached there for high school. Uh, Lord, the name escapes me, but I know the documentary that cost one. St. Francis. Thank you. Uh, St. Francis, the high school that he coached at. So that will be a homecoming of sorts for him. So I know he will want to have a great showing as he goes back with his college team now. Yeah, 100%. I, I can't wait to see because – Maryland, you know, you would you would want to see a competitive game against them against South Carolina State. Just seeing the margin of victory, not as much as you wanted, but for sure, you know, I, I just think that defense is going to have them at least competitive in a lot exactly. of Exactly, and hopefully, I was going to say the defense helps the offense to be able to buy them the time to come around. Um, let's talk a little bit about App State real quickly. They get the win, forty-five to twenty-four against Gardner Webb. Now. There is an interesting storyline here because Ryan Berger, who we anticipated would be the starting QB, and he was, he goes 7 of 11, throws for 70 yards, and throws a touchdown pass. And then Joey Aguilar takes over. Berger gets benched, and Aguilar goes for 11 of 13 passing, 174 yards, and four touchdown passes. Boom. Mm. Just explodes. So <laughs> what do you have to say about this Ryan Berger thing? Finney? Berger got hurt. I thought he got benched because I know we were talking about that on Saturday. But if Burger got hurt, that does change the calculus. And yeah, thank you for correcting they me. They cooked the burger. So they maybe they did. <laughs> maybe they did. But I guess the question is, even if he got hurt or not, right? Ryan Burger did get hurt. Yeah. Wally Pip. Yeah, he, he suffered a hand injury. That's the question. Yeah. Did we just see a Wally Pip with Aguilar coming in here, throwing for 174 yards and four touchdowns? Is that fair this early? 
because this guy just comes in and is explosive offensively. What do you think, Fiddy? I know you have some thoughts. Oh, I mean, you know, there's been a couple of times y'all have missed shows and I've hosted and y'all haven't Wally pipped. Like, y'all keep coming back and I feel like I do a pretty good job. So, do you feel like you did wow. four touchdown passes worth of a job? I mean, I don't want to brag on myself, but yes. Okay. All right. Do you think that Aguilar can Josh Fiddy us here, Wes, and figure out a way to take this? Yeah, starting see, job? unlike Fiddy, I think that he at least deserves the opportunity to show what he can do in the next game as the starter. If you come in and perform admirably like that. Now, like I said, Berger did go 7 of 11 with a touch, so not bad. But uh, when you come in and have a performance like he had, you have to at least stay with the hot hand for one more game to see where it leads you. Okay, so what I got confused on is Mountaineer fans. So I looked this up during the Charlotte game, and I saw Mountaineer fans saying, oh, Aguilar is the starting quarterback now. They were saying it as a matter of fact and not doing the professional job I should, just thinking, all right, well, maybe he just got benched, and now Aguilar after the stat line. But it will – I mean, yeah – there's there's going to be an interesting conversation at QB. Like I I don't know. I I like Ryan Berger coming into this season. We talked about this with App State, mm-hmm. but it was an impressive performance from Aguilar to be able to throw for four touchdown passes. We'll yeah. see how all that unfolds. It's Weston Walker, Sports Radio 927 WFNZ, the Live Wire coming up next. Hear what Frank Reich had to say on Marquise Haynes. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. having a very serious professional broadcasting conversation during the break. We were discussing underrated play-by-play announcers. Who's at the cream of the crop? It feels like, tell me if I'm wrong on this. Is there some shifting going on? Feels like there's a Here we go. little bit of shifting just with importance, with feel, with who we think is at the top of the game right now because I'm going to bring your take to the airwaves here, Fiddy. Uh-oh. It's not a bad one. You were just a little hesitant to say it because it, it might be a little spicy. You were saying how you love Kirk Herbstreet. Mm-hmm. You said he was your idol. He is. But you think Joel Klatt is the best college football color analyst in the game right now. I do. So it feels like there's a little bit shifting. And I do wonder, too, because people like Chris Fowler. But I was asking, is he underrated enough? Is he? I feel like he's underrated, even if people know that he's on the A squad. He's doing the game for college football game day alongside Kirk Herbstreet. I get that. I don't feel like people mention Chris Fowler enough when we discuss the best play-by-play announcers. And I feel like he deserves a mention. Maybe not a Mount Rushmore mention with the all-time greats, but even just currently. We need to bring Chris Fowler's name up, I think, more than we do. I think you can give him all the flowers, man. I think he's fantastic. He makes you feel the moments of the game, whether they're big or small. Like, I think he is excellent, and I think he's certainly one of the best. And um, Do you think he's underrated is my question? I don't think so, because okay, I think, think his position his alone shows you that he's not underrated. What about that, Fiddy? Because it, it, you're right. Like, I'd, 
I don't know. I just I don't feel like I hear a lot about him when we talk about this, but he does do the game of the weekend when you talk about college football. I think he's properly rated. There's still so many college football fans that associate him as the host of college game day, which he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And Reese Davis does a brilliant job. He's not Chris Fowler. It's a good, it's a good transition. Yeah. The, the thing that Fowler has, this is how you know that he's just a very good broadcaster and that he's just properly rated, is they're not sending him some crap game. Wherever they send Chris, it's a big one. And he has that feeling of wherever he is, it's important. It's why I got upset that he wasn't on the call Saturday. Like when I found out it wasn't Fowler and Herbstreit, even though I was going to be in the stadium, I was like, and it made sense, LSU, FSU, two yeah. historic programs, top 10 matchup. But it's also the game day sign. He's not there all oh, because there's a better game for him to be at. That's how you know he's damn good. I wanted him to pull. It wouldn't we see Buck and Aikman make the trip a same day trip or it would be Buck. Oh, it's the World Series. Up. That's what mm. he does. Right. And Chris Fowler's doing that a little bit right now with the U.S. Open. So I did want to see that trip. And then real quickly, before we move on to the live wire, I did want to discuss our love for Mike Patrick. We all you know, Mike Patrick. That was the man no back in the day. One of my I, holy cow! It was so good. College basketball. You talk about an important game. Dickie V, Mike Patrick on the call. That was college basketball at its finest. No question about it, man. And I had to look it up at first when you said the name. It wasn't registering immediately, but then once I looked, I said, "Oh yeah, yeah, no question. We know what it is." Do y'all ever know what happened to him? I remember him calling a Oregon Virginia game week two. Mariota, I think it's the year he won the Heisman. And, I mean, he's prime Mike Patrick. And then it's like after that, I don't remember where he went because, remember, he got taken away from Vitale. They gave him Lynn Elmore, which they would just sit there and tell great ACC stories, which we miss on the ACC network. It's like they just shunned him. And I never – maybe he just decided he was done. I don't know. he retired in 2018. Yeah, so I'm looking up. It's funny because there's an article from 2011 on Bleacher Report. The title is, What's Happened to Mike Patrick? And then in 2018, we see that Mike Patrick end his distinguished run at ESPN. And you get to see that according to ESPN Front Row. Yeah. Mike Patrick, yeah, I thought you had something on Patrick. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't have anything else, but they did say he retired. But, yeah, he's phenomenal. Yeah, he was fantastic. All right, let's go to the live wire now with one Josh Fitty Marlowe. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. The east and the west. Up north to the down south. Live wires connect. We got a live edition of this as it makes its return. You know, we got put on the uh, the shelf last week with a double edition of Team Week. And week one of the NFL season is here. You teased Marquise Haynes. We're going to get to that. But we're also going to start with Frank Reich really addressing how Brian Burns not being on the field, well, it does make things harder for the Panthers defense. I mean, it's hard. I mean, like I can say, and both of these things can be true. I can say I love and respect Brian Burns, and he's got to do what he's got to do. But does that make it harder? Yeah, it makes it harder. I mean, that's just the facts. I mean, I'm sure he he understands that. And, you know, you can't find a more of a team guy than him, you know. But life is complicated sometimes. It gets complicated. So, um, you know, we just keep moving forward day by day. I think the biggest question, guys, going into week one with the way that defensive line is constructed, like if, if, if he's not on the field, I mean, they're going to be competitive. But these first two games aren't as winnable 
as they felt if he's not on the field for Carolina. I have been getting ready for football season by listening to a ton of pods. If you are a national pundit, I have been listening to your podcast. That's how it's been rolling for me the last couple of weeks. Thank you. People are <laughs> very high on Atlanta. People love them because the offensive line is good, because you have a three-headed monster with Bijan, Kyle Pitts, and Drake London, and they have a great play caller in Arthur Blank. So now, Arthur Smith, not Arthur Blank. <laughs> Done that twice now. If Arthur Smith is able to get things rolling with Desmond Ritter, who is, no doubt, the weakest thing that they have on offense, then I've heard so much as winning the division, second in the division, where Carolina, I mean, pretty much so the consensus is that Carolina is third right now, especially after the preseason. People love Atlanta and West. People are going to pen this in, not even pencil. People are going to pen this in, sharpie it in that Atlanta is just going to win game one if Brian Burns isn't out there. Yeah, and I think that's a, I won't necessarily say a smart way to go, but I think it's definitely reasonable. I mean, the Panthers already, as I said, tied for 25th in the league when you talk about sacks. And so if they're able to uh, get Desmond Ritter out there without a Brian Burns and Carolina's pass rush isn't up to snuff, I mean, I think that spells trouble for the Panthers because when you talk about the running game they could potentially have with Bijan, with Tyler Algier, and don't forget Cordero Patterson is uh, lining up in that backfield as well. I think it could spell a bad recipe for the Panthers because if that passing game is working, we know what happens. Softens up the defense. You have to take that safety down out of that box or keep him back there deep. And then Atlanta's just going to take advantage of that with one of the best offensive lines in football. And then we know that as far as the upgrades that they've made on defense, mainly Calais Campbell coming in, uh, my man uh, Jesse oh, Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates. I was trying to think if first Burns was coming to we me. We are but aging in front of everybody yeah, right Jesse now. Jesse Bates. Me 30 had hit me a little bit earlier, <laughs> but we are forgetting names left and Yeah, right. Jesse Bates back there uh, as well. So this is an Atlanta team that's got a lot of potential. And not only the fact offensively, not only do they have good personnel, but they've got explosive personnel. When you talk about Drake London, what he can bring to that passing attack, Kyle Pitts, we know what he represents as far as an athlete. And then Bijan, it looks like one of the best backs to come into the NFL in quite some time. So they've got a lot to be excited about. I can see why the pundits would be uh, getting on the Atlanta train. You got some more Brian Burns-centric sound bites over there, Fitty? Oh, yeah. We'll go to Shaq Thompson really quick, who, when he, he, when he spoke with the media, he said everybody knows that Brian Burns needs to be out there. And uh, everybody upstairs better know he better be out there by, by Wednesday. You know what I mean? Uh, he's a big factor of the defense. He's the one that really starts with. Him really? And Eric, that's where it starts with. And um, they'll make it right. <laughs> what you got to say, Wes? Really? really? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he wasn't telling what? us anything we didn't know, but uh, that deal's not getting done till Nikki B's deal is getting done. Now, I'll, I'll say... I'm going to go out on a limb, not necessarily a hot take, spicy take, whatever you want to say, but I think that these get done this week. I think Nick Bosa is going to get this thing done this week. Uh, you've got until, like he said, Wednesday, and I think the 49ers get this deal done, and I think right after that, 
I think that uh, Brian Burns will be able to get his deal done. This is my question, man. With the Nick Bosa part of all of this, I know that Brian Burns wants to wait until he gets his contract done, but is he asking? Because you can get into a ballpark of what Nick Bosa is going to get to. And I know Carolina is trying to project what that's going to look like. Is Brian Burns asking for everything and then some? I mean, how close to Nick Bosa is he getting concerning an asking price? Because it's easy to say Carolina royally is screwing this up. And that might be the case. I just don't know where everybody's at right now. But if Brian Burns is asking for 32 mil, 4 mil more a year than what TJ Watt is making right now, getting close to a Nick Bosa, like I, I can't say that I don't understand where Carolina is coming from. Because all the people that have a different opinion on Brian Burns' value, which I've been one that thinks he's crazy valuable valuable to this squad. And I used to think he was going to get 25 or more. But now, are, are we really about to get somewhere? Like, are we about to get to 30? That's a, I mean, it's, it's a we lot. We're over 30. It's a lot. It's a lot of money. That ship has sailed. And this one's hard for me to try to navigate because usually I'm a fan of getting these contracts done as early as possible because you know the market is only going to go up. And so it would make sense to just get this done right now for Carolina unless you think this is going to be baked into among the highest, con- like the second highest contract, whatever, even by year three of the contract. I, I Yeah, this is fascinating because of the Nick Bosa part in this. Are you at a point to where one of the things I brought up earlier was if Carolina's able to win or compete in these games, be one-on-one, and the pass rush looks markedly better. This is a guy that had a 25% pass rush win rate in 2020. It's gone down each of the subsequent seasons after that. When you talk about going down to 20% in 2021 and then 17% last season. If you are able to get a good pass rush out there without him, do you start to think about trade? I don't think so. Because if you're talking about this with one game, two games, I still think the sample size is too small to make that big of a decision. I mean, Wes, even if we're talking about what, does he sit out a quarter of the games and the pass rush is holding steady somehow, right? Even that seems like a spicy take to go back to our second segment of the show. But if they're holding steady, Brian Burns hasn't played even in four games. I still think that's too small of a sample size to make that big of a decision. Hey, we turned down two first round picks in a second. Now, because we're okay, now we're going to trade Brian Burns for whatever's coming back in return. The bagel guy asked, is there a number that you say is too much for Burns? Is there a number where you would say, okay, let's let's move on? 25. Oh, well. Oh, well you, you, you're going to be ready to move on right now because that ship is sailed. I mean, you've, and you've already moved on because we've, and you've talked about this. Mm-hmm. I know you and Kyle had this debate. Well, so. I mean, it's funny. I got Nick, Nick, you know, the flea market GM. He doesn't want to pay. The Panthers don't want to pay him. I mean, of course, they're waiting to see what, what, what Bosa gets. But if they really valued him, they would give him $28, $30 million. But, but, but he's not worth it. Yeah, I think that's already been offered. But they can't give him a deal until they see what Nick Bosa gets. They can't give him one. You're operating as if Brian is turning down or as if Carolina is not offering $25 million, And I'm not sure that's the case. I In think they do that today right. if they could I do agree. that. I agree. It's, it's not that Carolina isn't offering the $25 million. It's that Brian Burns wants more. If we're talking about this Nick Bosa contract, this is what makes this crazy. If Nick Bosa doesn't have this contract negotiation right now, then we're probably already settled, even with Chris Jones out there. Even with Chris Jones, because it's a different position. But 
Panthers could be saying, hey, we'll, we'll give you 25 mil. Brian could be saying, nope, not with this market about to reset. And it is going to be reset. That is the leverage for Brian. It's that he knows he's about to see a monster contract over out on the West Coast. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't want to say, like, if you pay him $30 million, it would be like, a, you know, Nick Batum, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier type of contract. But will you <laughs> ever get $30 million dollar production out of him? Because he's not Bosa. He's not Micah Parsons. His career high in sacks is 12 and a half. My, my, that's, that, that's not $30 million worth. That's fair. $30 million, it's at least fair. You can disagree with it. But if you want to say that Brian Burns should not be paid as the highest paid edge rusher in the game outside of Nick Bosa, okay. $30 million is a lot. I see both sides of the coin. But $25 million? 25, Carolina would have already done that, Wes. We both yep. agree on that. It, it goes to show Brian's asking for everything. Totally fine. It's a business move, but he's asking for everything. And it's not about what you've done. It's about the leverage you have. You guys know this. Once he gets this deal in another two seasons, he'll be the fifth or sixth highest paid pass rusher. And then after a couple of more seasons, he'll be the 10th or 12th, 12th highest paid pass rusher but at the end of the day this is what the market dictates I, I never understand why people get so caught up in the number you know it's what the market dictates when you decided not to trade him when you showed him his value the production that he has because if he can't get it from you he can get it from somebody else so the Panthers are going to have to make the decision do they want to pay him or not because if he doesn't get it here he'll go somewhere else and get it well and it's funny because now here you are talking about having a rookie scale contract to be to allow you to pay these types of deals but with Brian Burns thinking think about just how truly large 30 is 30 is getting into some semblance of QB money I mean, that's so much money now that we're seeing all of this go towards, which that's the reality of the situation. I'm not, you know, trying to live in some la-la land, but it just goes to show you, okay, this is the model. You have Bryce Young on a rookie scale contract. He's not making $50 million a year, which is what these top flight QBs are making. But you erase that when Brian Burns is making 30 and then Derek Brown is making 20 <laughs> And it gets eaten up quickly very quickly which makes this fascinating we have some more sound bites we have some more takes we'll get to it in the last segment here in just a moment we've got the wes and walker walk off coming up here very soon but i did want to get to the last fitty flash of the day before we end things on wes and walker what you got for us fitty all right we're just gonna roll with this music bed because uh i wasn't prepared to flash that's okay uh, but we got a new AP Top 25 poll. If you had to guess, where do you think Florida State is ranked after week one? Yeah, love this game. Um, if they were ranked, what were they ranked coming in? They were ranked eighth? Yep. Yes. Okay, so four. You would be correct. Yeah, nice. Duke, Duke <laughs> unranked. They upset the number nine team of the country. They are ranked. Where would you Where would you guess they fall in, Wes? Let's see. I will go 16. Big jump. 19. They come in number 21. And Clemson, who was number nine, they stay ranked. But if you had to guess where they are ranked, where are the fighting Dabos? 22. 20, 22. 18. They fell all the way to 25th. Oh, wow. Okay. That's, I figured it was somewhere in the 20s. 
Yeah, I didn't know they would have them drop that far. Okay, 25. Uh, that's the new college football now. I'll give the voters their credit now. When teams take bad losses, you take a precipitous drop. They're almost out of the top 25. That's mm. nuts. Maybe we explore that a little Florida bit more. Florida State coming up in three weeks. <laughs> I think Dabo I think just, it was fitting. No, I mean, I, I just, you know, fumbled the ball like they did last night. Okay, but there's a lot going on. <laughs> I, I'm sensory overload right now. Let's try to bring this all together. One more segment to go. It's Weston Walker on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. With this last segment, we got a lot to get to. I know Wes wanted to continue to talk about some Brian Burns, Nick Bosa stuff as well. I did want to mention this quote from Mitch Kupchak because I believe he's still at the podium alongside P.J. Washington, a old new Charlotte Hornet, long offseason for both parties negotiating a contract, but they agreed to a deal, I believe, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, scheduled the press conference for today at 2.30. P.J. Washington at the presser said... I always wanted to stay in Charlotte. Mitch Kupchak alongside him said, quote, that's not what your agent said. First time I heard (laughs) that. I mean, I love Mitch Kupchak. The guy is a little too honest at press conferences sometimes. This is the same guy at the introductory press conference. Soon as he's being um, hired to be the general manager. I remember him talking about the payroll and not knowing what it was. It's like, wait, what's what's the payroll? Is that? Oh, okay, that's right. Which, look, I don't want to make too much of it, but man, this is just, it's just funny. I'm not even saying there's a big problem here. Like, I get it. It's just hilarious to hear. That's not what your agent said. It's the first time I've heard this. And there's PJ probably just smiling awkwardly. I'll have to go watch it after the show. But, you know, what do you make of the comment? Just funny? Any harm? Yeah, I mean, Mitch is a straight shooter. I always appreciate a straight (laughs) shooter. I always appreciate a guy who's candid in sports. So I'm here for it. All right. What else uh, did you have to say, Fiddy? You wanted to say something about Mitch? I... (laughs) First off, I, I was disappointed you talked about Mitch and you didn't go to the Mitch voice. So mm. strike two on you. You won more and then I didn't even know what the first one was. You I, didn't take a photo of you in the uh Oh, okay. Okay. In the thing. Oh, um, that's the first time I've heard about that. <laughs> I was talking with your agents. Seemed like you didn't want to stay in Charlotte. <laughs> um thought we would be Charlotte with you here. And that speaking of lights, can we turn it up, Mike? You mind if we turn the lights up? I'm sorry. What were you guys saying? Oh, okay. I don't know the payroll. <laughs> you sound just like it. Okay. <laughs> what else did you have, Fiddy? You know, as you being the, the Hornets aficionado that you are, and we can make it a show effort because Wes worked over there as well. Mm-hmm. Mitch needs to talk once a week. Oh, I love it. Because that would we, be great. <laughs> we could get a game out of that. And the amount of content that old – 
sometimes senile, delirious basketball man can give us. We, we need to make it happen. New ownership, if you want to make Charlotte the premier destination y'all think it is, put that GM out in front of a microphone. I love, yeah, Mitch at the podium. It is, it's different than the way he, it, it's, he's not lying. It's just, he doesn't sound as competent as he actually is even if he's not making the greatest decisions of all time, but still, you know, the draft history, the second round picks, those have been there. Yeah, Mitch, fascinating figure to evaluate. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, the way Wes eats string cheese. I've been holding on to this take for a while since I saw him <laughs> walk into that. the studio. He walked into the studio not too long ago with string cheese, and he did it the serial killer way. He just took a bite off of it right off the rip. And ate it as just a, instead of getting the string, it's a cheese stick for you. What? And in really, in reality, it should be eaten like string cheese. You get the strings off of it, but you just bite that thing like a wild animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know it's one of the better snacks you could take and and eat because when you talk about the, uh, it's basically a not quite jerky. You get the uh, the beef that uh -huh. comes with it as well. So uh, Slim Jim or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I, I I eat that. So yeah, man. No, I'm I'm not pulling it off my string. <laughs> I'm just gonna bite it and uh, enjoy it. Wes, we have to ask this because the way you eat string cheese. Do you eat square cheese? Just like you go in the fridge and open up the little square. No, cheese this is kind of new for me because when I was stumbled across it, just doing a little bit of uh, research and saw it was one of the better snacks you could eat as far as just like getting some protein, but not okay. overdoing it. So then, uh, you know, I started to buy them and eat them and I enjoy it, but uh, I wouldn't eat it necessarily by itself. But well, no, matter of fact, I did a couple of weeks ago. I went to the convenience store and I wanted a snack. I didn't want to get any chips or anything like that. So I did get a, a couple of things of cheese. Premier snack. You have no, yeah. I have no problem with a snack choice mm -hmm. of eating string cheese. You just ate cheese stick instead of string cheese. And I had a little bit of a problem with it. Although R yeah. RH is saying it tastes better than when you peel it. He's with you on this one. So apparently there are more of you out there. I know you had some Nick Bosa, Brian Burns convo because I'm trying to go rapid fire the last segment. We're covering a lot of different things as we ended. What else did you have to say about San Francisco trade well, package it was just with the Nick thing, Bosa? Well, the thing is they were saying that, you know, on the radio station out there that I follow, they said that everyone is saying sign Nick Bosa, but what if Bosa cost you Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and Kyle Juszczyk? Oh, Lord. I I, I, uh, I just looked up the pronunciation of his name. I think I said it right anyway, but Juszczyk, because uh, that's how the 49ers said. Yeah, Juszczyk. And they were saying, are you willing to give him whatever he wants then? And so those are three players that I really love uh, for the 49ers. And so I think that's another angle to look at this thing. What players do you have to sacrifice if you do give Brian Burns this massive new deal? Yeah, DJ Chark is on a one-year contract. Are you looking to draft wide receivers, help you out there? I don't know what's going to happen with the Terrace Marshall. You do have to pay Derek Brown. You do have to pay Frankie Luvu. You do have to pay Jeremy Chin. And all of a sudden, you're possibly without a couple of guys that you want to be a part of your foundation. I didn't even mention J.C. Horn just because he's not going to be on the docket at that point. Those other guys are going to get ha have to get paid first and foremost. And especially, Wes, if your spicy take from earlier in the show comes true that Frankie Louvu will be the best defender on that side of the ball for the Carolina Panthers this year, then you would love to keep him here. So it, yeah, that even if they have a lot of space, I know the Panthers have a lot of space next year, but you got to pay a lot of guys as well. So we'll see how all Luckily of that. You have unfolds. a rookie quarterback. 
Bryce Young being on that rookie scale, con- that was always one of the more appealing things about trading up That's to number huge. one to go get your guy. That was always going to be one of the more appealing things. And I love that they are able to do that now, of course, and go get the Alabama QB. Hopefully he can play well um, this season. I certainly have a lot of confidence. Final thing real quickly. We did want to update everybody. Travis Kelsey, some unfortunate news there. Looks like he might have hyperextended his knee and he's questionable to play in this game on Thursday night against the Detroit Lions. Real bummer. Would love to see Kansas City at full strength. That's another situation to watch too, man, because he wants a new bag. So he might try to milk this hyperextended knee uh, for a while and try to milk him a new bag of money out of it. Yeah, Ian Rappaport said (laughs) Andy Reid told reporters that he hyperextended his knee at practice today. Status is now uncertain for Thursday night. And yeah, it is... It is interesting, too, with TJ Hawkinson because he did get paid a lot of money. But Kelsey still has a lot of years left on his deal. So you're like, ah, I put my money. I mean, my hamstring. Because <laughs> Chris Jones is very vocal about not giving a bleep. Yeah. I'm going to miss some time. I made enough money. I'm good. As, yeah, that's I'm what gonna, you should do. I'm going to come back in week eight. I mean, it seems like he stayed steadfast. If you've got enough money in the bank, man, chill out. Nah. All right. We'll see how it all unfolds. We still have a lot of meat on the bone. Good. Oh, man. I mean, this is the gift that keeps on giving. Good news is we have a whole week of shows for you. That'll do it for the first one of the week with Wes and Walker. We will be back with you tomorrow from 12 to 3 p.m. Until then, Kyle Bailey going to take you the rest of the way from 3 to 6 p.m. And he's going to have his buddy Smoke Ludwig alongside him. It's all coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.